lifetimes of listening. I started doing Flocorico, and basically it's just the, the cultural dance of Mexico. When I think back to my childhood, I always know that there was music happening in the background. The people that I met in Maria Cheslon are one of my closest friends. And there was one tune in particular really hit me hard. And mariachi changed my whole perspective, especially with music. Lifetimes of Listening. Welcome to Lifetimes of Listening, a podcast that seeks to understand why music is important in people's lives. I am so excited about today's episode. Our guest, Araceli Valenzuela, is well known to the people in the mariachi youth movement in Tucson. For those that live far away from the Mexican border, you may be surprised to learn just how many schools along the border have mariachi ensembles in the West and Southwest and um, how robust the music programs that involve mariachi are. Tucson schools send mariachi ensembles to tour and perform across the United States every year. And a lot of that began because of the family of Araceli, uh, the work of the Valenzuela family. Dan, what is your experience with mariachi? Well, honestly, there's not a lot. (laughs) I don't know mariachi music that well. I have, living in Tucson, naturally been exposed to it in restaurant settings, in kind of public venue settings here on campus. Um, Away from Tucson years ago, I saw a a large mariachi group at Disney World, I think it was. (laughs) So this is is why I've been looking forward to today's episode, is that I'm going to be learning some things from a person who here in Tucson is really really a very vital part of, of the whole scene for this for this uh, great tradition of music. So, Brian, how about you? What's your experience with uh, mariachi music? I, you know, I think I became aware when um, family friends had children that that fell into this and fell into a mariachi ensemble in, in elementary school, and then it just transformed their lives, and that they became hooked for life, and they performed in ensemble after ensemble. Um, and I've known a few of those growing up, including um, the, 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 a parent of, of, of one of those um, kids, now adults, um, Lisa Perial. So shout out to you, who suggested that we approach Araceli Valenzuela as our guest today. Can you tell us about, about her? Our guest today on Lifetimes of Listening is Araceli Valenzuela. Ara, as she is called, is the granddaughter of Dr. Alfredo Valenzuela, who was really a seminal figure in the youth mariachi movement. Uh, She's an accomplished performer and musician, and she continues today in her family and grandfather's footsteps to promote mariachi and folklorico among children and youth here in Tucson, Arizona. Ara is currently working at Grijalva Elementary School, She has directed and been involved in mariachi ensembles since she was a child, really. And at the moment, she also is leading Mariachi Nueva Luna. So she'll be our guest, Araceli Valenzuela, right after this short break here on Lifetimes of Listening. Marcella Valenzuela, Ara, welcome to Lifetimes of Listening. Thank you very much for your for being here and for giving us your time. Thank you. I 
Um, I want to talk and, and learn more about you as a performer and as a conductor and director, music director of, of Mariachi, but I, I wonder if you would mind, um, if I hope you're not too tired of just t placing in context your family's connection to the youth Mariachi movement, both in Tucson and in many ways, America, uh, uh, the, the world. Um, it, would, do you mind telling us about that, maybe about your grandfather or however that story yeah yeah of course um so my grandfather alfredo valenzuela he started the mariachi program at davis um i'm not sure exactly when i know it was in the 1900s <laughs> <laughs> but he began the program there um just as a guitar teacher and he would teach kids in the morning and during his lunchtime whenever he had free time um and it first started off as, you know, just a few kids showing up, and he was just happy to be there and um, to be able to be teaching them. And then, you know, more kids started showing up, and then more kids after that. So he turned it into an after-school program, um, and that's when the Aguilitas formed, because then after school, it became more of a club. So, you know, he ended up putting different instruments into it, um, and it first started off just as guitar, because that's how that's all he knew how to play, and he self-taught himself that. So um, then, when you know more kids started showing up, everybody started getting involved. He started teaching himself how to play the trumpet, the violin, mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things. And even though he probably didn't do it very well, it was enough to be able to teach the other kids. Um, or teach his students how to play it. So, so he was becoming with a variety of instruments that are part of this musical heritage. Yes. Heritage, yeah. Yes. So he, yeah, and he he was the founder of the Mariachi Las Aguilitas. Um, and then he retired, and my uncle took over, and that's how it is now. He's the director of the Mariachi over there at Davis. So you have been doing Mariachi also for a long time and performing just music in general for a long time. When did you, I, I do I, would you start as soon as like three years old? Do I, did I read that somewhere about you? I started at four. Four. At four years okay. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at four years old. Um, and it was the guitar. My Tata would just show me at home, you know, he would have me take it out cause I lived with him. So he would have me take it out and then he would give me, you know, however long he could keep my attention <laughs> And um, that was like an everyday thing for us. We would uh, sit down and play music together. And then when I got to Davis, um, in kinder, I decided I wanted to play the violin. So then my mom was actually my teacher. <laughs> and, um, and then I made it into the Mariachi Aguilitas in first grade. So music was really, you're, you're, you come from a very musical family, obviously. Correct. I mean, my sense is that mariachi music has enormous cultural significance from, for the wider culture, mm -hmm. but also within families. It's very much a thing that brings families together, different instruments, different roles in the music making itself. That must have been a, just a wonderful way to, to learn about being a musician was in that sort of loving family environment. I, uh, oh, definitely. You know, I mean, I only learned music from teachers. The yeah. fourth grade, I started playing drums and the band teacher taught me to play, but nobody at home played music. So yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm envious of you in a way to have grown up in such a rich 
familial musical environment that uh, sounds like a wonderful experience. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely paved a way for the way I, I live now. Obviously, I'm you know I I work I live breathe and sleep mariachi music or just music in general. Um, I think it helped too that I grew up and my mom, my dad, my uncle, my grandpa, everybody around me played. So, you know, I was around it 24-7. When, when did you decide to be um, a music teacher? Because that's, you, you are a, a music educator and, and have been working in schools now uh, as probably one of your principal occupations as, is not only as a performer, but as a, as a, as a music teacher. I think I decided I wanted to be a music teacher um, after I worked at the Davis summer camp. Um, I had my own class and so I got to teach you know about 15 students how to play for that whole summer. Um, and the first time I had a class by myself I really enjoyed it. Um, I realized you do have to have patience to work with students especially when it comes to music but it was also something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I didn't see it as like a burden or, you know, some, some people really don't have patience to teach young minds like that. So I feel like it was definitely something that I should have, or that, or that I should stick to. Um, and I did, I ended up making my first mariachi group when I was 19 years old, um, or mariachi youth group. I ended up directing my first mariachi youth group and by Mariachi Milagro. And yeah, that was the most amazing experience um, of my life. I was able to, you know, form these bonds with these young kids. And now I see them and they are adults. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, perfect example. Um, I just this past summer, I taught with alongside some of the kids who were my students, you know, just a few years ago. So so seeing them take up something at a very young age under your tutelage, so to speak, and stick with it for a yes. period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you toured, I believe you, I, I, if I remember right, you toured with Milagro. I, at least I saw a picture of Disneyland on your Instagram. <laughs> uh, that that was the, uh, but uh, have have been around. I and as a performer, I'm sure you've toured even beyond that. But um, that just to give experiences, just to or I I've taken high school and junior high kids on choir trips that I've organized and had to you know it's it's a lot. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it's not only just getting the music; it's getting people to show up and wear the right t-shirt and all the whatever it is you know there's a lot yes, to it there is a lot to it so um well we have some stories that we have collected in the in the arizona musical memory archive this 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 project that we're doing and um two of them are your former students as as i i learned here um and we'd like to play them for you and um hope that you can help us uh, give, give us your perspective on these stories and, and what they might mean. And, and um, so the first story that I'd like to play for you is Leia Lopez, who um, was in uh, Mariachi Milagro uh, and is a student now at the University of Arizona. And I'll let her, let her say her story. So my name is Leah Lopez, and I have been playing mariachi music for about 12 years now. I am currently in two mariachi groups, 
Um, one is Mariachi Novacion, and the other one is Mariachi Nueva Azteca. And they're both like community-based mariachi groups. So people from all over Tucson are in them. Um, I currently go to the U of A, and I'm majoring in music and also psychology. So in like the high school group that I was in, it was called Mariachi Aslan from Pueblo High School. And I feel like that whole experience has changed my whole perspective, especially with music. And mariachi, like it taught me the most I've ever learned about music. <laughs> and then it kind of shaped me into like the person that I am today and like the musician I am. Yeah, okay, so it changed like my music because I was able to like appreciate and understand music better, especially like specific songs. Like I learned about them and like um, the director, he brought in also like different teachers from all over. So like there's a few teachers from Texas who have literally made mariachi like their career. And, and so they brought them those people in to like teach us about music like different parts that you could go into with like your career um and then also being able to like perform and travel playing mariachi like we went to a conference in texas called festiva it was in like edinburgh texas at like this other college and then we went to a conference in san diego we're going uh, at, they invited us to go to washington dc for like the fourth of july parade so then I'm i'm also going with them to that this summer yeah i think just performing in general has like changed my personality kind of it makes me more like especially when you put on a traje it's like gives you this like confidence that, like you've never had before it's like it's crazy it like literally transforms you and like inside of the mariachi community I feel like I'm such like this extroverted person but like outside like at school I'm such an introvert like I just sit like in the corner and like don't do anything yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I think I'm just so comfortable around those people. Like I've been there's like this mariachi community in Tucson that like you probably wouldn't know about unless you're in it. And so like I've like grew up in it, so I know those people and they know me and they like know how to play, they know how to sing and stuff like that. So I just feel like super comfortable around them and I'm like And then when I was in sixth grade, I joined Mariachi Milagro with the Valenzuelas and those are like they are kind of not like legends, but they're like very important people to the mariachi community. He started a program at Davis Elementary, and that's kind of where like mariachi, it didn't start, but that's how it got very like well known, especially like youth mariachis. No, I'm actually like the first musician in the family. Everyone else has done like other things. None of my sisters play music or anything like that. Um, I think it makes it more fun. Like you're able to just enjoy yourself and not be scared because everyone is super supportive of everyone for literally everything. It makes it more fun. I feel like I'm able to play with my, literally my best friend. So what, any thoughts? So I definitely agree on the whole extrovert, introvert thing. <laughs> um, Mariachi definitely, or just, you know, performing on stage in general, it definitely gives you a type of confidence that you can't get anywhere else because, you know, you are the center of attention for those two or three minutes on that stage and you know nobody else can really take that away from you so I think that's why it's really important for youth especially those that are um you know a little bit introverted can't or if they just get social anxiety um it's a form of expressing your emotions when you can't really express them by yourself if that makes sense um I am also an alumni of, of Pueblo, and I, I do agree with uh, what Leah said about, you know, that's probably where I learned the most about music also, um, with theory, with different stylistic things, you know, in the, in the mariachi. Um, I got to see different perspectives, which was really important, because, you know, 
Tucson mariachi musicians, uh, most of us, we have our own style. We, we have our own style um, to the way we play our music. And then, you know, you go to Texas and they have their a completely different style of how they play their mariachi music. Um, and so it's really cool to see that. It's really cool to see the way they think and then, you know, as to how we think and how we pick up things here. So so how, how do you have a way of explaining that? Is there... Is it, is it the heritage in Tucson that's localized over the decades? Closer to, closer to Western Mexico? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? To best explain it, it's just the way we, you know, like you, what I, can, what I could compare it to, probably the closest thing I could compare it to is like the same thing as food. You know, like here in Tucson, we eat our Mexican food um, a little bit different. Like we like different toppings, you know, not so much avocado, um, that type of stuff, you know, here in Tucson. And then if you go to California, it's more Baja style, they call it. So it's like you put avocado on top, you put a lot of sour cream, that type of stuff. Um, same thing with music, you know, it's just, it's a little different. You're brought up here in Tucson, your teachers learn a certain way, they pass that on to, you know, those students, those students become teachers. It's just like my, you know, like my tata. My tata, he learned a certain way, passed it on to, my dad and my uncle and my my tia and then they taught their students that way which is me and then so i take that on and then i teach it to the new gen- generation as well yeah and really that same thing could be said about many genres of music right the delta blues is not the same as chicago blues right i mean there are many genres of music versus british blues right all from the same roots but local influences and particular maybe particular gifted musicians who come along who move the move the music in a direction of one way or another right that then shows up decades later in how you hear the local versions of it that's really fascinating yeah thanks I, for reflecting I, on I, that i also I, I really like that you um, helped fill out that story of, uh, about confidence and being on stage that uh, so it, it's the practice as i understand it and i'm not and, and I'm, i'd be grateful for you to teach us here um, that you know somebody will you'll decide who's going to sing the solo and then that person gets to step forward and be the center of the not the ensemble but also the person out in front of the band but it but it's not just once even the, even if you have the best voice in the group that microphone the singer is sharing the microphone and people are coming forward you know and specializing in their song or, or whatever and, and the way that that plays out in terms of uh uh, a, a young kid's emotional state, you know, like they, they pick the song. That's a, I, I, that's a, a richness that I, I never thought about as a, as a, I'm, you know, as a, I'm a music teacher, I'm a choral conductor. I, that's just not something that occurred to me that mariachi offered. It's part of, I think it's part of what makes it really special. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I think that's what, um, kind of differentiates mariachi from other types of genre is like mariachi is a very um it's very big on storytelling so you have to know what you're singing about you and you know and just with any type of song but especially for young kids um you know they've never really gone through heartbreak (laughs) that kind of stuff but they go up on stage and they interpret it as best as they can you know so it really is about uh storytelling and just like i said expressing your emotions putting it all out there and even if you don't know the language, if you don't know how to speak Spanish, you can watch a mariachi group perform and you can already kind of tell what they're singing about just by how they're expressing it and how they're portraying it on stage. 
Well, the second story is uh, from uh, a young woman named Elena Garcia, who um, was a folklorica dancer at, and I will let her, uh, I'll let her talk, talk now. My name is Elena Garcia. I am 19 and I am a native Tucsonan. Joining Flocorico, where that's where I really got into my Mexican background and hearing mariachi and listening to Vicente Fernandez. And, but growing up, I, all, all I really was exposed to was Selena Quintanilla and listening to her. I started doing Flocorico in my freshman year of high school through senior year. And basically, it's just the, the cultural dance of Mexico. My school, we would, the higher level, um, like five, six, seven, eight level, would have, we have our own mariachi at Tucson High. That's where I went to school. And so we would perform with live mariachi. My main purpose for joining Flocorico was trying to get in touch with my Mexican background. Um, my family is like a Mexican, it's a true Mexican family, but we don't really speak Spanish. We fully English and like that. So I was just trying to really connect with what was available to me to participate in. And so being able to recall really traditional music like Jarabe Tapatio and Son de la Negra, being able to be like, oh my God, I've, I know how to dance to that. I know all the words to that because I have danced it for four years now. So I'm able to have more connection to my culture than I could before. When I first performed Son de la Negra for my family, um, my dad would be like, oh, that was my favorite song growing up. That was his favorite song. He'd, he, um, he would play it all the time growing up, but I never heard it before. Or I had, but on very like stereotypical terms. And so I had no idea that he constantly listened to that growing up. I felt isolated from other Latinos, other Mexicans. I always was so hard on myself for not knowing Spanish, for not um, growing up learning, not growing up hearing these very famous Mexican Latino artists. Doing Flocorico definitely really helped me connect with the other outside aspects of being Mexican and being Latino. Then going to into high school, I was told I wasn't Latino because I didn't know Spanish. So you experience kind of inter like intercultural racism um, when you're quote unquote whitewashed. So it definitely doing Flocorico and dancing to mariachi every single day and performing it outwardly in the community definitely helped me cope with, I don't know Spanish, but that's okay because I don't need to, to be Mexican. What a wonderful story. That's, I, I'm hearing these interviews, these stories, musical memories for the first time, and I'm just loving what she has to say, the, the change that this made for her being connected with this art form. Yeah. Yes. I, I, what, it, so it, it seems obvious to say that it would be a way to connect to, to a Mexican heritage, but what is that like for a young American Latino? So I definitely agree with her on the, you know, it being hard when you don't know, because I don't speak Spanish fluently either. Um, so growing up, it was hard. Uh, people would always tell me, you know, 
why don't you know Spanish? Or, you know, you should, you should know Spanish. And I was like, yes, I know this. But <laughs> um, I think mariachi and folklorico, um, being able to do that and kind of learn, you know, learn about your culture, learn about the Mexican culture, the Mexican heritage is super important. Um, it gives you sort of like a sense of belonging for, for, you know, people who look like us, but don't know Spanish, but we still consider ourselves Mexicans, you know, because we are, we are, we're Mexican-American, that's what we are, and we were born in the United States, but um, we don't really speak the language, so I think growing up, that's definitely what mariachi did for me, is it gave me a sense of belonging, um, I knew so much about my culture because of mariachi, I knew about the traditions, you know, the celebrations, the events, um, so you you're still able to keep in touch with all of that. That's really that's really powerful. That I uh, and I, uh, I this is a, 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 a an assumption worth identifying. I just would assume, oh well, of course you speak perfect Spanish that would work, you know, not only in Mexico but in Spain or in Portugal or wherever <laughs> because you. You know, because you've led mariachi ensembles, but that so that's a that's uh, I, uh, the weight of the weight of of not having as fluent Spanish as as another person within uh, within the community. That's uh, that's thank you for sharing that. Yeah, kind of un unpacking that. The third story is uh, so all three of these stories are longer. They're um, um, uh, Leia and, and Elena's were about seven or eight minutes, um, and uh, uh, both Leia's and Riley's had a laundry list of just really interesting things. I, I'll, I'll play. The last is Riley Fernandez, um, and uh, and it was difficult to find a way to. Make she had so much to say yeah. <laughs> that that it was difficult to. This is, this is somewhat. This is a student of yours, Riley Fernandez, a former former performer and and uh, mariachi malagro. Well, my name is Riley Fernandez. I'm 18 years old and a freshman here at the University of Arizona. I'm currently double majoring in music and pre business. Well, music has always been a part of my life since I was in first grade. I found a violin under my parents' bedroom, my parents' bed, and I was really interested in the instrument. So my parents put me in a mariachi group at my elementary school, and from there, I've just been a part of that community. Um, I sing, I play guitar, violin. Um, yeah, and I've had lots of moments to show uh, to do leadership. Mariachi has taught me a lot. My leadership didn't really like flourish until my junior and senior year of high school. I was in a group called Mariachi Aslan from Pueblo High School, and they're actually, they're known as the best mariachi in, well, high school group in Tucson. So it was really, it's a really proud moment knowing that I was able to lead them for a short amount of time. It's this wide community. It's huge. It spreads from here to Tucson, to Texas, New Mexico, Mexico, California, LA, so many different places here in the United States in this specific coast it's huge but for some reason it's like everyone knows everyone and everyone has a connection to someone and it's like a huge tight-knit group 
mariachi salon specifically we were with each other day day and night um we had nine hours of practice throughout the week and then we also had about anywhere from 10 to 20 hours of gigs on the weekends and we would travel all the time and we were there um when we were eating lunch at school we were there during class we were just always with each other so the people that i met in maria Chaslan are one of my closest friends but it's funny because i am actually recently looking for a new violin to be basically like my lifetime violin um at this point uh, my teacher from my high school he knows one of the, uh, his name is Adrian Grijalva, and he is the violin leader for Mariachi Sol de Mexico, and it's one of, like, the top uh, mariachis in the world. So he actually got his number for me, and it's just, like, I obviously know Adrian, but I know someone that knows him even better, and that's what I mean by it's, like, a tight-knit group because everyone just helps each other out in that way. It pushes you to the limit in ways of, like, being confident and just going for it it's it's helped me get through a lot of my personal issues especially in high school it gives you an outlet and it just gives you so many opportunities I've been able to travel to so many places and meet so many incredible people Riley is definitely um one of the special bonds that I made within um, Mariachi Milagro she was my section leader um, you know, the last few years of her being in the group, um, under the, under my direction. And so I think seeing how much she grew as a musician, um, from when she had started to when she was about to join Maria Chiaslan, um, it definitely made me feel some type of way. Um, it made me very, uh, proud you know, as a director, and it just, it made me very happy to see her um, turn into the musician that, that, you know, she was about to become, because that was, she was just getting started, you know, she joined Mariachi Aslan, and then a whole different side of her came out also, so um, she's definitely a great example of why I do this, and, you know, why I love to direct these young minds, and see them grow, see them um, flourish as musicians, and just as human beings in general, you know. Yeah, music music has the, the capability of opening doors for people to life experiences. And, uh, and I'm hearing her reflect on confidence, connection with her culture, and just feeling part of a group of the people that she's performing with. There is, there is a bond that comes about that of performing music on a stage, especially when that music is so reflective of your your ethnic heritage, your 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 background, your history as a culture, that uh, and to, I'm sure that for you to hear her commenting on this, I, I mean I, I don't know if she's ever voiced those feelings directly to you, but it just must be a great feeling for you, Ada, to hear your students reflecting on what this has done for them to be part of your your uh, your world of music. Yeah. yeah. It definitely um, is. Yeah. I, the the longer story again. I it was so hard to to find just a, a few minutes of of her story, but she goes on to list all of the places she's performed around you know around the country, and you know and all of these conferences she's been to, and all the famous people she's met, and um, you know uh, getting to meet Linda Ronstadt once to perform for her, and another time to shake her hand and get, have a conversation with her, and things like you know all of this these and just. The, um, just thinking about this in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm a parent, I have 
a couple of kids, you know, just thinking about you, you want you want these experiences for your kid, you know, uh, you, you want them to become so invested in something that just as, as she literally quite literally says, uh, mariachi opens the door, you know, it, it, it gives, gives these opportunities and, um, and she's, um, seems, um, seems to be well in hand towards taking those. So, yeah. well, this is, this has been, uh, it's been an interesting uh, uh, one of our episodes in speaking with you, Araceli. This episode hasn't been so much about the sound of the music as what the music means to people. So I've learned a lot just by having this experience of hearing these interviews, these stories for the first time. And now I'm bound and determined just to listen to more of this music. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, you know, I've heard yeah. a fair amount. Of, you, can't, you can't not hear mariachi music There's, in Tucson yeah. uh, now and then. But, but to really dive into it a little more... To have a to have a sense of what it, what it is that they're experiencing, that these young musicians are experiencing, and what you're what you're bringing into their lives, I think this has been a real uh, uh, as a as a me. teaser for anyone that that listens to this. Uh, the the thing that I found most interesting, and I ended up having to trim back this in the stories. Um, they all three had very different reactions to the Harabe Tapatio, the the Mexican hat dance song, the sort of stereotypical song, and. Um, and it was one of sort of a begrudging, you know, kind of liking it, you know, but feeling ashamed about the, you know, it's like, this is the song that Mexicans are stereotyped by. And so, uh, and at the same time, they all have sort of a interesting relationship with it. It was, it was a very fun, uh, fun. So they're, they're, they do talk about the music. I just didn't, the, it, it felt so weighty, some of what they were saying. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question, which I may or may not include in the finished edit of this episode, of, of, of the mariachi music that I have heard. And when I've heard it out in public, if they're taking requests, I have a confession to make. There's a particular <laughs> song that I always request, and it's Guantanamera. <laughs> now, is that, a, is that a meaningful mariachi song, or just not at all, or is it significant, um, or is that a dumb song for me to be requesting from a mariachi girl? I'm really not a dumb request i mean it's any request is a good request okay um but guantanamera is mariachis do play it um it's not a traditional mariachi song but mariachis do learn it because we do get requests for it a lot so well it was a popular song on the radio when i was a kid i don't, I don't recall the group that did it so it was a popular song that I heard when I was 10 or 12 years old. Right. And if I can hear somebody, I just, I just think it's a beautiful piece of music, and it's the song that I always request. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody in a mariachi group says, you have something you want to hear, that's kind of what I come out with. And I, and what, I is, what, is your, what is a favorite request? What, is, what, if, what, what, what should an audience member, when they go here, as I hope everybody that hears this someday goes and, and, and sees a, a mariachi concert, but uh, for something that both a middle school, high school, college age you know that that multiple that that would just be a core thing that 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 the musicians would be excited to play and share we get a lot of requests for a lot of standard Vicente Fernandez songs um you know Ella El Rey I don't think we ever really mind playing those songs um, so those those are good requests. It's always Vicente Fernandez and those type of songs. Ara, thank you so much for for being with us today here at the Lifetimes of Listing and and for being on the podcast. And thank you, for thank having you, Araceli, <laughs> Venezuela. Real real pleasure to get to know you, and I'm looking forward to uh, 
learning more about this music and, and hearing your your group play i i hope uh i hope that i can start following you on social media and and, I, and link it to to uh to this episode so that we can we can all start following so thanks for being with group. us today of course thank you thank you for having me Thank you so much for being with us today on Lifetimes of Listening. And if you haven't already done so, we invite you to follow or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app. And you could also consider participating with our project by telling us your story, your musical memory. We're extremely grateful for the more than 175 people who've recorded a story for the Arizona Musical Memory Archive. It's allowing us to better understand the ways people value music if you haven't visited our website at musicalmemories.music.arizona.edu, please do so. And there you'll find the full-length interviews of the shorter featured uh, interviews that we shared to, in today's episode. And there on our website, you can also, if you like, submit a musical memory of your own via a sound file, an essay, a poem, even an illustration of some sort. Or you could suggest for us uh, people you know who you think might want to share their musical memories with us. So take a look at musicalmemories.music.arizona.edu. This is Lifetimes of Listening. I'm Dan Cruz. And I'm Brian Moon. Thank you. The executive producer of Lifetimes of Listening, the Arizona Musical Memory Podcast is Brian Moon. The program is produced and edited by Dan Cruz. The Lifetimes of Listening website was created by Cynthia Barlow, Principal Information Technology Manager with the University of Arizona School of Music. Music is from zapsplat.com and from pixabay.com. Special thanks to the University of Arizona School of Music and the UA College of Fine Arts for their continued support of the Lifetimes of Listening Musical Memory Archive and this podcast. For more information and to get involved in our research, visit musicalmemories.music.arizona.edu. This is Lifetimes of Listening, the Arizona Musical Memory Podcast.